Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 3 Lies and Propaganda If Dick and I share a light breakfast in the royal quarters, my family shrine had travelled to Glake City with me and had been carefully unpacked and placed in a little dedicated alcove. After we had eaten, If Dick and I poured a libation to the household deities, most of whom had looked over the Sajan family for millennia. Occasionally, after appropriate prayers and gifts, the household divinities would be asked to accept a new divine personage into their company. The most recent addition was Beatrice, one of the less dramatic goddesses, who is said to look after broken hearts, pathways and those suffering from rheumatics, hair loss or vertigo. I had placed a little figurine of her, modest in its blue cloak and hood, discreetly at the back of the little alcove and she had settled in quickly enough and without any bother. If Dick looked at her, but made no comment. After prayers, we sat down to discuss the details of the anniversary. My vizier opened his folio and handed me a small pamphlet. This is the official souvenir brochure, explaining the significance of the anniversary. With your approval... I would like to print out a hundred million copies. The pamphlet was bright yellow and was fronted by a beautiful illustration of the Queen of the Universe, the Mother Goddess, standing beside her smiling consort space. Inside, the pamphlet contained a lengthy script surrounded by numerous 3D pictures. There was one image of myself looking suitably noble another of a sage and wolf craft blasting a terrorist starship to pieces in the former war zone. There was also a picture of wheat moving like a golden wave, and another of happy children in kindergarten pointing at a portrait of me, again looking suitably noble. I sat back and read the text. A prayer of thankful celebration. We give thanks to the myriad divinities, not only for the continuation of the family saging, but for the victory of hope over fear. Lest we forget, 25 years ago, the three zones of humanity were convulsed by events which made the great legends of our race appear worn and insignificant. After centuries of bloody conflict, the military powers of Jaime Yard and Demos came together not in war, but in peace. Under the guidance of Captain Errol, 
the friend and mentor of our sovereign Lord Marcus Sajan, the great powers united in an armada. Together they vowed to cleanse the war zone of the band of aberrations, heretics, killers, torturers and rapists who, like diseases that ravage lands and peoples weakened by war, plagued and preyed upon the scattered populations of the former war zone. Leading the League on Sundered support for the Armada was our planet in Feshka, which sent a fleet of battleships on that great quest. Yet hope turned to terror with the eruption of deadly fire, a supernova that boiled and blasted its way through entire star systems, with a blaze as bright as it was savage. The very fabric of the galaxy, it seemed, had been ripped apart to reveal the blinking eye of Mel Carisha, the keeper and torturer of the souls of sinners in the divine Earth's prison realm, Drishika. With immeasurable fury and hatred did that divinity look out from the three zones of humanity, weighed our sins and found us wanting. We thought ourselves living in the greatest age of our species, but in truth we had given ourselves over to vice, corruption and the toleration of vile heresies. Beneath the gaze of Melchorisha, loving siblings turned against each other, neighbour warred against neighbour, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. Our civilization shook and its foundations weakened. Growing daughters suckled at their mother's breast. Once noble fathers sold their children into degradation. Brother delivered brother unto death and the father the child. Children rose up against their parents and caused them to be put to death. Ancient regimes burned and the mob ran like wild dogs, slavering and snarling. The nine great princes of Enfeshka were not immune to the terror of those days. Our sovereign's father, Taikyard the Great, fell battling against the chaos that engulfed the Sajan territories. Yet, just as it seemed all would fail and all would fall, our sovereign lord, Marcus Sajan, inheritor of the great Sajan bloodline, raised a mighty shield against the storm and brought peace to the lands of his birth. Like a soothing balm, the sage and lord's peace spread calm, not only to his territories, but to the lands of his rival princes. Civilization triumphed in Enfeshka. The forces of anarchy were routed. As Enfeshka led, so other planets and star systems followed, until at last peace and unity returned to the three zones of humanity. On the 25th anniversary of his triumphant return, we give praise to the divinities who watch over our sovereign lord, Marcus Zajan, and all our race. We pray to the Queen of the Universe for her continuing guidance and love. We pray to her companion, Space, that he may look kindly on our star-spanning endeavours in commerce and culture. We pray also to Melkarisha, whose righteous anger forced us to renew our goodness and piety. We pray to the divinities who dwell on divine earth that they continue to give strength and wisdom to our sovereign lord Marcus Sajan, that his loyal inner circle may continue to give him wise counsel and that the courage of his armed forces will continue to keep the peace in Glake and defeat the last criminals hiding in the former war zone. We pray 
that the divinities look favourably on the augurs who keep our faith true and free of heresy. We pray that the people of Glake, the peninsula, Algalma exterior, Algalma interior, and the sundry territories continue their lives of piety and merit. Amen. think, Mr. Marcus. I looked up from the leaflet. Who wrote it, I asked. A committee overseen by the augurs. Not the master augur. No, not Gallias. One of his deputies. Bramlint, I think. Well, we should be grateful. Gallias can be overly florid. If Dick scratched his head, now his hair was thinning, the dent in his skull was visible again. So, Mr. Marcus, what do you think of it? I looked at the paper in my hand, not sure whether to laugh, spit, or swell up with pride. It was a considerable achievement, miraculous even, my inheriting the sage and throne. But some of the manipulation of facts was troubling. It describes Captain Errol as a mentor. If Dick laughed. Perhaps they meant mentor, but the spell check got confused. I laughed as well. My mood was lighter, but doubts remained. My 25th anniversary coincided with the festival celebrating Fierna and Tayene, the divine siblings who through jests and buffoonery managed to steal the secrets of understanding and fire from the divine earth. The twin stars of the Enfeshka system are said to be the remains of the siblings, after they were immolated for revealing such mysteries to us mere mortals. Their festival is a time of celebration and comedy, when secrets and sins are written on paper and burned in massive public bonfires, when pantomimes and burlesque shows tease and taunt the great and expose the failings and hypocrisies of the powerful, whether they be guild leaders, patricians, war heroes, mafiosi or princes. It is a time of great and unforgiving laughter. During the week of the festival, any deceit is regarded not only as an attack on the common wheel, but an affront to the inhabitants of the sacred realm. Liars will be found out and punished, if not by mortals, then by gods. Though if Dick was not from Infeshka, he had lived here long enough to understand the cultures and sensibilities of the planet's populace. It is propaganda. Mr. Marcus, but there are no lies. Your arrival 25 years ago was an event of some significance. This was an understatement. Across the three zones of humanity, there are whole libraries dedicated to those terrifying months, with every word written spawning a thousand contradictory theories and symposiums and free lunches for competing academics. This leaflet is simply a succinct summary, Mr. Marcus. There are no deceptions. Perhaps, but there are omissions. My vizier's smile wilted, and he rubbed his head once more. That is true, Mr. Marcus. Sadly, there are omissions. Mm.
We sat silently for a moment, two ageing veterans of the brutal simplicities of war and the cruel, tangled compromises of peace. There was much that needed to be said, but I could not bring myself to speak of Numa. And if Dick knew better than to mention her name, for to speak of my dead wife, even in the privacy of my own household, would be a political act. Numa was destined to remain an omission, her death remaining unmourned publicly or privately by her husband after all these years. I stood, walked over to the shrine. Beatrice was the deity most favoured by my long-lost spouse. Not a day had passed in her short life when Numa did not give prayer and gift to that quiet and unobtrusive goddess. As I looked at the little blue-robed figure, a shiver went through me, a shiver that was as much fear as it was regret. And for the briefest moment, the mere blinking of an eye, I recalled Numa's hair, the thick, dark messiness of it, as she spun out of my arms on our wedding day celebration, and the band leader crooned the chorus from the song of Beatrice. Many are the mirrors to divide its light, yet eternal love remains undiminished, unbroken, ever bright. A noise brought me back to the present. I turned to see Ifdek shuffling noisily with his folio. Where do I sign? Ifdek removed the document that authorised the printing of a hundred million propaganda leaflets. I sat down again, took out my pen and scrawled my careless M.M. My vizier opened a little box and took out the block of wood that carried the inverted imprint of the signature of the very first of my line, Sajin the Harvester. Over the millennia, there had been occasions when a Sajin prince had been incapable of signing his own name due to incapacity, having an arm hacked off in battle, illness or simple idiocy. The stamp had been used then to confirm and continue Sajin authority. It was now used on all documents I signed when visiting Glake, and stamped onto copies of all documents I sent to Glake from my residence in the peninsula. It was a compromise that still niggled me. If Dick pressed the signature of my ancestor onto the paper, then put the document and stamp back in his folio. thanks for listening if you haven't subscribed yet please do so you don't want to miss out on any exciting episodes you can support the podcast by sharing it with your friends family and ancient enemies etc for more on my work as a writer and performer see rabfultonstories.weebly.com you can also follow me on twitter at haveringrab.com